Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's at the four. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to Sports Lounge Live. I know we got a lot to talk about tonight. And Chris, take it away. We still have yep. that weird we still have that weird voice though, Bill, that you and I could hear that recording in progress. Oh, that one, yeah. How often does that come on? Just when it when we start the recording it recording in progress. It's kind of a kind of an eerie voice all on it. Does it sort of sound like Lurch? You rang. You know? no, it's, a, it's a female voice. Oh, okay. oh my! Well, right. Mine's a well, male voice. <laughs> what? What that? Mine's what? a male voice. So. Oh, hey. weird. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> okay. well, you know, it depends well, on the date, and there's probably some uh, laws about affirmative action or something. Right. Anyway, okay. Oh, right. so, yeah. So this is uh, June first of 2021, and welcome to a new month. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one. May was very interesting, and we'll be talking about a lot of things that happened in May and what's going happen in June. This is show number 146, and our agenda tonight, we'll do the list of deaths we're going to be covering, then we will uh, do the panel go-round and see how it's going everywhere, and then we will um, do uh, the, let's see, what are we going to do? We're going to do the NBA, uh, the Indy 500, and a little uh, the, the, the quick NASCAR result, then we're going to go to uh, Naomi Osaka, who's made a lot of news, uh, tennis player, we'll talk about the, her situation, then we'll do um, the NBA the uh, NFL. Oh, no, I'm sorry. College first. College, because we have the college baseball tournaments about to start. And uh, Perry and Sean will talk about that. And then we'll go to the Major League Baseball, then the NBA, then um, the NFL briefly, then the NHL. And then Robert said, strangely enough, that there's boxing, because there's always boxing. Anyway, okay. So the death list. We've only got five of them this week. Uh, we have J.D. Roberts. Uh, and he was an All-American at Oklahoma as a guard, offensive and defensive guard in 53. And then he was the... Uh, he was he finished eighth in the Heisman uh, Trophy voting that year. He was uh, he was a longtime assistant coach, and then uh, the he was 87 years old, by the way, when he died. He was the second coach of the New Orleans uh, Saints, and he became coach the day that Tom Dempsey kicked that field goal. So that's a pretty good start. Phil Lombardi, 58 years old, backup catcher and uh, sometimes outfielder for the Mets and Yankees, uh, and uh, 58 years old. Uh, Eugene Marv, uh, he was a linebacker. Uh, and uh, I didn't get his age, but he was uh, probably about 61 or 62 based on the years he played. And then uh, he was a linebacker for uh, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and San Diego. Mark Eaton, and he's the big one this week, 64 years old, uh, junior college player. He was seven foot four. played for junior college, then UCLA, then the Utah Jazz, long time on the Jazz. And he was the uh, president of the uh, NBA Retired Players Association. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. And uh, the last guy is... Uh, Connie Zelensic, 66 years old. He played uh, for the Buffalo Bills only in 77.
seven and didn't give any reason why he only played the one year he was a center and he had been a Purdue player at college. So anyway, that's our list. So there's only five of them this week. And then, uh, so I guess my thing that I'm going to talk about, you know, it's, uh, is the NBA and the bad behavior that's been going on this week. I mean, it has been oh. ridiculous. And unfortunately, uh, the last one of the next to last exhibit was from my hometown and where Rick lives in Braintree, Massachusetts. Some fool threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving uh, after Kyrie stomped on the leprechaun in the middle of the the court, which is what he was responding to. And they leave that out of the story. They should put it in the story, but the guy has no excuse for throwing a water bottle at anybody. You know that can that can hurt somebody from a distance like that, whatever from any height. So that that was you know they they he's out of you know he's going to be arraigned and they are going to bring criminal charges, but we. Have had the we had the guy uh, in New York spitting on um, uh, Trey Young. We had the guy in Philadelphia throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook. We had somebody in Utah yelling at the family of uh, John Morant. Uh, I mean, we just uh, and, then we was one, and then there was one. And then there was one last Washington. night in Washington. Yeah, yeah and then somebody ran on the court. I don't know whether he did anything to anybody or just. But I mean, what is it? I guess everybody's been pent and up. And by the way, the answer yes, Chris. Kevin Harlan was calling that game last night. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but. I mean, what is it with uh, these people? I mean, I understand that everybody's been pent up and people haven't been able to, you know, the, do what they wanted to do and all that, but it sure kept the haters away. Everybody came out of their mother's basements, I guess, or something. I don't know. Don't yeah, ask look, me. Well, look, it's not just that it was there. Look at some of the airlines within the same Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's awful. And I also do need, because we're local here, I need to give a tip of the hat, and I didn't realize that they'd been in the final four years in a row, and they finally won at the BC women's lacrosse team, yeah. won the national championship over Syracuse, 16 to 10. And basically, it's funny. North Carolina, Syracuse, and BC were in the in the Final Four, so I don't think it's an ACC lacrosse league. It's just they, they're the, the powers this year, and I know it's pretty much a Northeast and Midwest game. But BC did well, finally win that Virginia, title. Like from the Carolina, yeah, Maryland, to Northeast, Maryland, Virginia, yeah, and into the Northeast. So BC yeah. finally won that championship they've been looking for. So anyway, those are my uh, just uh, haters. Go back in your mother's basement, <laughs> you know, just blog or something. Cause well, they cause enough trouble doing that too. I don't know. What yeah. can I tell you? Okay, Rick. Okay. Um, Memorial Day weekend, we had terrible weather here. It's the worst I've ever seen for a holiday weekend. It's cold, rain, wind every day. It was awful. But I just want to take the opportunity for a shout-out to all the military personnel, uh, past and present. Thanks for your service. Um, We had a pretty good week. My, My... Harry Crouch turned 21 years old last Friday. Yes, he did. We gave yeah. him a beer party. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally finished my uh, my reseeding of my backyard. I've got the grass plant planted. Now I want to try to paint something so I can see if I can, at the same time, watch paint dry and grass grow. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the rain will stop. Now the grass yeah. will wither. We won't have any more rain. Yeah. And uh, before I get too excited during that, I'm going to turn it over to Perry. Well, we need rain here. It's been really dry and, and dry and cold. Be honest, but it sounds like it's at least going to start to heat up this week, so it's going to be dry and and warmer. But uh, yeah, I would I would agree with Rick. I would like to to give a shout out to all the past and the present military people and thank them for all they do and and all that. But uh, and uh, the traveling uh, announcers, at least in the AAA, continue. Alex Cohen is uh, supposed to be in Omaha tonight, so uh, it sounds like a lot of the guys are traveling here, and I think the major league guys are finally getting ready to throw these monitors so uh, <laughs> yeah, really. they, they've about had it with them and mm-hmm. uh, we'll send it to bill and bill you guys had an interesting experience with the reds on friday 
Oh, yeah, with Joey Votto doing and coming in the booth and doing some color and a little bit of play-by-play and actually was better than a couple of their backup announcers now. But uh, <laughs> that's not where he makes his big money at, is no. his broadcasting. Hey, that, may be where, that may be where he makes it once he retires. Well, yeah. that's true, too, because he's a natural. I mean, he, he just did a good job at it. I mean, it was very informative, but uh, he'll probably shoot for the big major I mean you know he he's not going to do this sort of local stuff he'll want to do ESPN or one of the TV networks probably. Well you can do both you know there's people that do that. Yeah. That's right. Well that's true too and we had a we had a race weekend this weekend and mm-hmm. you know that was the largest was, crowd, yeah, largest right. crowd for a sporting event since the pandemic. Right mm-hmm. and uh, we think we could have handled more in fact some people say Instead of a hundred and thirty-five thousand, there were closer to two hundred thousand there. But well, we I heard the reason for that. They had to make a decision early enough to get everything ready. Cause, so if if they had known now, they probably would have had a larger crowd. That's what I heard. Right, but. Anyway, as we go on and on and listen it on to Robert. Robert. Well, uh, it's uh, uh, for those of you that want plenty of warmth, I'll be glad to send you uh, the warmth <laughs> we've got because it's 110 degrees here Ooh. today. Wow. And uh, believe me, uh, we've broken several temperature records. Uh, yes, we get hot weather, but not normally until July and August. And because of global warming and whatnot, I think our weather is totally messed up because um, we've, we've had several days in the 90s and a few days in the hundreds already. And uh, uh, that was in May, and here it is June 1st. So I have a feeling that we're in for an incredibly hot <coughs> summer, and we're probably going to break all kinds of temperatures. That's also going to be bad for us because the hotter it is, the more fires start. And right. California has already got enough problems with that as it is uh so you know it's it's one of those deals um my a's are currently in a slump and if they're not careful houston will be in first place especially if the red sox aren't careful that's that (laughs) yeah uh i was hoping for a little help yesterday and i didn't get it so (laughs) Uh, but uh you know uh what can i say Uh, um i guess we'll turn it over to sean and we'll find out what what he's got going on there in Texas. And the poll question. Well, we've had, well, there's only been like two or three days in the last three weeks that we've not had rain. Today we have not had any, but it's, yeah. So we've had the power outages and the flash flooding and all kinds of fun stuff off and on. And, you know, but now I think the flood season's almost over. I think we're about to hit drought season, which we only have two here in Texas, flood and drought. Yeah. So, yeah, we have flood and drought. But anyway, the... Yeah, one thing I've noticed, uh, I noticed with ESPN and with TNT, some of the announcers have been traveling again because Mark Jones and Doris Burke were at the game on Sunday. The Knicks, I think, uh, was it Knicks Atlanta that they were doing? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Uh, Kevin Harlan was actually at the game last night. Uh, so several several of the announcers have been traveling. Uh, was his call memorable, and, Sean, of the guy going on to the court? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Kevin, Kevin was there, like you said, Kevin was there once again. Yeah, yeah call, he, he loves to do those kind of things. He has those calls, let me tell yeah. you. But anyway, speaking of traveling, you guys can travel on over to your phones or your apps and uh, download the Zoom app, or you can dial 
into the coach face seven seven two three forty six hundred hit pound key twice. If you want, if you're listening on the podcast, you can contact or any time throughout the week contact us sports lounge and all things radio dot net or seven seven three five seven two seven seven one five. Got a poll question later. One of the death courts, Mark Eaton. We all know he was a key member of those Utah Jazz teams. Some of your favorite guys that weren't that Hall of Famer. You knew they probably weren't going to be a Hall of Famer, but there were some good impact players for some of your teams. Some of your favorites that, you know, they were just there. You knew that they had a good impact. And, you know, maybe they might. I mean, that's what you like that we're kind of in it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for your team. It can be for, you know, whatever teams, because some of mine are for some different teams. So, yeah. anyway, but, uh, well, we talked about Indy and NASCAR. Yep. What happened there? This okay, week? well, we got Julio Castroneves won the race, and it was his fourth win. And he's one of the, I've got the four-time winners listed here, 46 years old. And as we said, there are 130,000 uh, people there, largest crowds the pandemic. And uh, uh, he's been racing part-time. He's basically doing some sports car racing and some indie racing, just sort of semi-retired, I guess. But uh, he's uh, all, uh, Al Unser won it at 47 years old in 87. Bobby Unser won it at 47 years old in 81. Uh, Emerson Fittipaldi won it at 46 year old, years old in 93. And uh, his team was the Meyer Shank team, I guess, though he got a big hug, hug from Roger Penske because he used to race for him, and they were really happy that he won. Uh, let's see. And then Alex Palou was second from Spain, and uh, Ilio took over and with about two laps to go. And the other uh, wins, uh, I didn't get all. Uh, I guess he won 20 years ago. David USF didn't exactly run them down. He said 20 years ago, so I assume he won in 09. Uh, yeah. 01, I should say, in 09. 01, 09, and 01, 05, 09. And a oh, he had a four, four thing and 21. Oh, they're all yeah. kind of mathematically yeah. do a thing like with that. Like 01, okay. 05, 09, and 21. And then 21, yeah. so that's, uh, you know, yeah, the kind of kind of work. And A.J. Yeah. Foyt uh, and, uh, uh, let's see, uh, the other uh, four-time winners were A.J. Foyt, Al, uh, A.J. Foyt, uh, let's see, who is it, Rick Mears, and I, I don't have. Uh, Isn't it Al Unser Senior, the one four? Al Senior, that's right. Al Senior. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mis- miswrote that. And then uh, Carl once Larson won the uh, Coca Cola Six Hundred. That's Kyle, an amazing Kyle. day. Uh, Kyle. Oh, oh, I said. What did I say? Carl. Carl. I, I was trying to say Kyle. It says it right here. And he won the uh, Coca Cola Six Hundred. That's amazing. The that people, and I'm sure they do, sit down and watch 1,100 miles of racing on the same day. That's well, pretty cool. And you know, and Charlotte, yeah, NASCAR did. Very, I mean, Indy did well because it always is. But you know, the NASCAR ratings continue to stay up there when others have been dropping. You know, like I said, they. They benefited. They benefited big time from the pandemic, and they just kept that momentum going on to this year. When two years ago, they were kind of concerned about the ratings dropping, but you know they stayed. People, I mean, yeah, you had some fans that watched both, but I think you had some of your different. But you know, they they had a they were the highest rated, the two highest rated sporting events this weekend. And, and Kyle Larson won all four stages, and that's yeah. the first person to do it since somebody did it in 2018. Uh, and someday he, he somebody's going to have to explain that to me. These stages, I, I think that drives me crazy. Uh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll I'll do my best to try and explain that to you, Chris. What they do with a five or six hundred mile race or even a 400 mile race is they divide them up in different stages like uh, uh now i forget what it was for this 
Uh, well, he said uh, four stages, so it must have been 150 miles apiece, right? Yeah, something, something like yeah. that. But they, they divided it in fours. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they divide it in threes or fours, depending on how long the, the race is going to be. And he was uh, Kyle Larson was the last one to also win four stages in 2018. So okay. he's won. And, of course, the Coca-Cola 600 is the longest race of the year for NASCAR. And uh, uh, until Formula One moved it a few years ago, uh, the Memorial Day Sunday used to be uh, a major day for racing because you would start early in the morning with the Monaco Grand Prix, then you'd go to the Indy 500, and then you'd do the Coca-Cola 600. But Formula One moved the uh, Grand Prix to a different day, so now there's only the two races instead of the three. So. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, some night, uh, maybe on a Friday night, we'll talk about it so I understand how it works as far as what you get about winning, why you have to restart and all that. It just seems uh, Well, what they crazy. get is the top 10 gets various points. You get so many points for uh, each stage that you uh, are in or you finish in. Yeah, it, it's a relatively new, it's only been around for about yeah, four or five years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I guess uh, that's it for racing and all Wait that. Minute, I, I have a story. Okay. <laughs> I heard over the weekend when they're covering the Indy 500. I guess Roger Penske bought the racetrack a few years back. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. I guess when, and after he bought it, he was taking a tour. You know, of course, he had been there as a driver, but, you know, he didn't see all the ins and outs of the place. So he was taking a tour of the place after he bought it, and he went into the men's room, and he saw all these horse trot urinals. Oh, like we used and, to have at Fenway yeah, Park. I thought we only had them at Fenway. Yeah. Yeah. So he's. So he says, well, we got to get rid of this. You know, we got to update this. I guess he got so much pushback from the fans that he couldn't do it. They wanted him to stay. And then <laughs> they were telling him the story that when Tiger Stadium was torn down, they asked Ernie Howell if he wanted to take anything back from the stadium. And he said, yeah, he says, I want the, I want the, um, the horse trough urinal from the visitor's clubhouse. And they said, why? He says, well, are you kidding me? Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, every great player in the American League has used that. <laughs> okay. So I guess he got it and he brought it home and he used it in his backyard for a planter. All right. Okay. One, other, one other racing story involving the Coca-Cola 600 with Kyle, with Kyle Larson winning. Rick Hendrick became the all-time winner uh, uh, amongst owners. He's now won 269 races. The record uh, was held by Richard Petty uh, Enterprises at 268. Okay. So, and so I guess that's it for racing. So moving on to college uh, baseball. And well, no, well, we want to do the tennis first. Oh, the tennis. I forgot about Naomi Osaka. Well, yeah. so what has happened is that she did. She came to the French Open, and she started to participate. And, of course, she's won four Grand Slams, so she's one of the top players, number two in the in the world, I guess, yeah. at yes. this point. And so she started to participate, did uh, win a match, and then she did not go to her press briefing afterwards that they are supposed to do. She and told them before. She yeah. said, I will not do this. She, this started before Sunday. She said, I will not do the press conference. And so she won. They fined her $15,000 on Sunday. And she said, I, you know, I, and she didn't give an explanation why. Now, they started in all the Grand Slams, the WTA, everybody started in saying, you know, we're going, if she does this, we could we could kick her out of all the grand slams they all said that now it's interesting because all the stuff McEnroe pulled never didn't get kicked out but she's you know doing and there, and people were wondering and then finally yesterday she withdrew from the French Open and she released statements stating uh, she's dealt with mental health issues and depression 
And a lot of it is uh, her sister posted something about, uh, oh, people that she gets frustrated because she always, family members are always jumping on her because she plays bad on clay. She's never gotten past the third round on the French Open, and then that's always the first question. Well, you play bad on clay, and then it goes back to uh, – when she beat Serena in the U.S. Open, what was it twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen, yeah. Uh, she's blaming fans, her. Me- he, she's blaming yeah. her mental health issues on that. Well, and we're, to remind people of that, that was the match where uh, Serena Williams was penalized on several well, occasions for. But hold uh, on, let me let me finish on this. All right. The fans started booing her, and Serena Williams was like, "Hey, hey, don't boo her. She just you know." And Serena like she was consoling her because she was just like, and she's had all the. You know, these issues. And remember, these are 18, 19, 20 year old. I mean, if you're 25 in tennis, you're almost over the hill. Yeah. You're almost Actually, over the hill. She's 23, and, Sean. and she's she's had a lot of issues. And there's not, nobody's really wrong in this. Both sides are right. I mean, she has issues, but she went to the tournament. She should have. Uh, you know, she should do it, or she should have talked with them and said, hey, can, how can we do this? Because it makes me think back to, like, they were talking here with Ricky Williams. You know, Ricky Williams, one reason he did everything with the helmets was because he liked playing football, but he hated the business of the NFL. He had anxiety, and then, of course, it turned into other stuff. And then you think of Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn where Lynch, yeah. he, you know, suffered anxiety disorders, but they're like, just go, and he did the, I'm just here so I won't get fined. You know, he did that. Yeah. But it well, was, the issue is that she's got depression, and depressed, depressed people have good days and bad days. Right. So yeah. on some good days, she said, okay, I'm going, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. We're, you know, the world is changing. I'm going to do this. I, I'm gonna, she gets there, and A, she's on clay, and she doesn't really feel confident there. And B, you know, she her anxieties come back about dealing with the press. And, you know, she's a very introverted. I, I read that article that David USF yeah. put in, very introverted person and all this other yeah. stuff. And to say, well, why didn't this mentally ill person make a rational decision about what they were going to do? Well, uh, uh, that's an oxymoron because they're not going to. They, no, they, no. They, the, what what they need is sometimes they need medication, sometimes they need counseling, whatever they need, but they don't have it because she's just coming out to the world right now. Yeah. And this is this because is good. Easy, and we don't know. And we don't know what she's been dealing with for the last no. 14, 15 months during this pandemic either. Well, and uh, yeah. like I said, I was going to bring everybody up to date on how this all started. Uh, remember, in twenty eighteen. Uh, that was one of the first attempts that Serena Williams was uh, trying to get number 24. And, of course, that was the first time that her and Naomi played. Nobody knew who Naomi Osaka was. And, of course, that was the match where uh, Serena kept getting penalized because she kept arguing with the umpire and and, uh, and things like that and ended up breaking rackets. And and, uh, and I, I could see where something like that would, would cause somebody some major mental issues when you're when you're in the major spotlight and you've never been there before and yet you're playing an icon. Well, clearly she was probably dealing with it before that. Yeah. Right. She yeah. Was, oh, she was dealing with it before, but then that just added to it and then she can't win on clay and then as, when she got to Paris even before, because she knew that was going to be the first question out of everybody's, out of everybody's mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, how come you can't win on clay? How, and, yeah. you know, where... Probably, ideally, I think she did the right thing by saying, hey, I'm le- I'm exiting this tournament. I'm taking right. time to deal with this. But there's also probably some, you know, I mean, there's, like, like I said, they're throwing her out. But all the stuff McEnroe did 
He never got there. Well, it's a different I mean, time. nowadays, you didn't really need all those press conferences after every little match all the time. Now with uh, social media, with everything, I mean. No, but see, what they want to do, what any sport wants to do. No, Sean, what every sport wants to do is control some of the flow. Yes, NBA and uh, baseball and football players all hop on Twitter every five minutes and they're, you know, getting sometimes even in a ball game, uh, somebody would tweet something about a player's performance or whatever, you know, another player will say something. A controversy can begin during a game. They want to control some of it. They want to put a little bit of a spin. This is the official uh, conference. This is the, you know, our, our reporters who cover us all the time and write about sport. You know, the, Bud, the now Bud Collins is of the world, you know, need a little bit of, you know, uh, uh, you know, stuff. They need, they need the first uh, inkling of things. And the issue could be that they could work out something with some of these people who have anxiety and this could maybe be done in the NFL too and whatever else or people. And they'd have to get certified by a doctor that says, yes, they need to maybe to do a zoom thing because well, yeah, that's what they're saying. They could have either a zoom deal because like I said, she's the next, she's the next big star, the next rising star, right. the next heir apparent to Serena. Right. They could do either a zoom or have everybody submit questions to ask her. Well, you can't you exactly know, like, do that after a match where you can't talk about the double. Well, right, right now when, right now when the grand slams do a press conference because of the pandemic, uh, everything is done on zoom. Right. Uh, no, yeah. uh, no, uh, she may no, continue to do that. My yeah. my point is with her, she needs to get herself well. She needs to find out if she needs to be on medication. She right. needs to find she she's now come out. And that's a big step for a person. Right. She's come out with it. Now people just need to leave her alone, let her do her thing, and if and, she she probably will miss Wimbledon she, too, and you know go from there, and then see yeah, where she, she is she's uh, she's later in the year. She's gotten a lot of support. She's gotten a lot of support from a lot of people like Steph Curry, Serena Williams. Have all come out saying, "Hey, we're here for you." And I mean, yeah, if she's there, you're making a commitment. But I also understand she's got bigger issues right. than yeah. a tournament, and that's why I said there's no nobody's wrong, yeah. and nobody's you know. But I these don't know if they're not going to stop are, their conferences because they want to control something and they want to have their name on on it and, and and move their brands along and you know show things in the background and yeah. in, in the press room of yeah. you know some of the sponsors and blah blah blah. That that's and all of, and all of the major tennis tennis players that I have seen interviewed either through electronic media or newspaper, they have all said, uh, "We understand where she's coming from, but this is part of our job. Right. You know, yeah. this is what and, we're." But supposed. they're all they're not they're definitely not trashing her. That's what's no. Nobody's wrong no. in this. I think right. everybody. Everybody is right, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like I said, well, everybody's, speaking, of, speaking of sponsors, it is now the bottom yeah. of the hour. Let's do the sponsors, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll continue we'll on with the baseball. rest of the sports. Right. All right. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. 
two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2men2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And we are back. And our next topic is? It was college baseball, and then we'll go into the MLB uh, realm. So why don't you and Sean uh, take it away and uh, talk about the tournament, uh, some of the pairings. And I know we don't have a full list of it, but I'm sure you guys can do a pretty good job of recapping what's going to happen. Yep, the top two seeds, I mean, and these would be obviously the teams that are favored to be in the, you know, in in the running anyway for the final series are Arkansas and Texas. That's an old Southwest Conference. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, uh, Arizona are among the other top seeds. Texas Tech, TCU, those are top eight. Those those are all Texas Tech and TCU, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt. I think the SEC has, let me see, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee are five of the the eight. Then you have Arizona, Texas Tech, and TCU, six through eight. Yep. And what those mean, what that means is if they come out, they host the Super Regional against the 9 through 16. I know Florida's a 15 because they're matched up against Texas. Uh, Ole Miss is a 12. Yeah. Louisiana Tech is hosting a regional for the first time, but they're a uh, – oh. One of the interesting things that I found is Old Dominion is allegedly hosting a regional, but the regional is in South Carolina. I don't okay. know why that is, but South Carolina is hosting, but Old Dominion is the number one seed. I don't know if Old Dominion maybe didn't I have. think it's some restrictions, and they because you notice there's not many there's not many in California yet. Right, they did that. Uh, maybe many, it's stadium it, size too. Could have to well, stadium size. well, and it's all because California is not a hundred percent. Right, I know that, but I'm saying the size of the stadium the, could be as well. It won't be until after of, the super regionals are over or right towards right. the end. So another and the another shocker. Another shocker, though, before you get to the way it works, another shocker, LSU got in, and I wonder if in, I mean, obviously, you know, they did okay, but you wonder if this is kind of to honor Coach Paul Maneri as he's retiring yeah. at the end of the season, but yeah, LSU 15, actually, years old, yeah. they got in, and uh, Alabama got in, uh, the SEC had nine teams, the ACC eight, those are your top conferences. And the Big 12 had four. Right. Yeah. Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. Yeah. So, Sean, explain how it works. Okay, and, and also, and before I get to that, Baylor is the first team out. So if somebody tests with COVID, which they probably – Baylor was listed as the first they team out. They will not so because that had to happen within the first 24 hours. Okay, it was in the – okay, I couldn't remember if it was 24 or 48. Nope, like it was 24. The basketball, I couldn't, so – 
so they they definitely will not now. But the, like I said, the way it works, your top eight seeds are paired. Uh, they seed your top sixteen teams, and then they put teams in their regions. So your top eight host your top sixteen seeds all host a regional. It's double elimination, four teams in each uh, four teams in each region. Then the one through eight, if they advance. They host a super regional, the best of three against the nine through sixteen. So, like the one versus sixteen, eight, nine, you know, so on. Now, let's say Texas is a two seed. They're matched up against the fifteen seed Florida, their region. Let's say Texas does not come out of their region. Then, if Florida comes out of theirs, Florida would host against whoever came out of the Texas region. But if neither team Texas or Florida advances, they go to the highest-rated team to host the Super Regional. And so the regionals are this weekend, all 16 of them, uh, double elimination. Then next weekend, the weekend of the 13th, you know, the yeah, that weekend, the 14th, 12th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, they do a best two of three. And then on Saturday, the 19th, it starts with Omaha, and everything has to be done by July 1st because that ends the – fiscal year. So you have Saturday the 19th into, there'll be like Wednesday the 30th will be the championship, the last of it. That So they end right right then. That's the way. And they and you like the 1-8, the 1-16-8-9, 4-13-5-12 play on the one side, and then the two, they all play on the other, and the winner of the, the side with the ones meets in a best of three in Omaha those last three days against the winner of the two fifteen type bracket. Yeah. So, so it's a so in Omaha, sixteen teams qualify for Omaha is what you're saying. No, eight teams. No, eight teams. Eight, eight, eight teams. Okay. Yeah, the right. eight, because they have the super regional, which is the next week. They're matched up in the best two or three, and the winners of each eight super regionals qualify, and then okay. they break them into two groups of four, double elimination, and then each pool plays the best two of three okay. in Omaha. All right. So, and of course, all of that will be on Westwood One uh, in Omaha. Not this weekend. That, that This weekend should all be ESPN, so you should be able to get it on on your ESPNs. Uh, and if you know week- some of the flagships of the of the college, of the schools Correct. that are in, you know, yes. you'll be able next to weekend would be ESPNs, and then uh, Westwood One would cover it in Omaha. Um, so that that'll be the case. Um, now this week, of course, starts the softball tournament in Oklahoma City on Thursday, yes. and I cannot tell you who is in it, but. Westwood One got eliminated. Texas got eliminated by Oklahoma State. I know they're in it. So Westwood One will carry all of that. And Sirius, if you have Sirius XM, it'll be all the games on that will be on channel eighty four. Yeah, okay. and they do an eight team college world. Yeah, the same way. Same way they do it in baseball. Okay. Yes. Yep. All right. So let's get to the MLB and the standings and uh, see how everybody's doing. I'm supposed to definitely mention the Cubs are in first place. So when we get yes. there, I yes. will. Pierre, okay. Pierre will like that. Yes, he will. Okay. American League East, Tampa Bay, who keeps playing amazing baseball, 35 and 20. Red Sox, 32 and 21. So two games out. Yankees, who've been struggling and not hitting. And oh boy, John and Susan are not happy. 29 and 25. Toronto, 27 and 25. Baltimore has lost 14 in a row. They're yeah. 17 and 37. Yeah. So there, there you go. And their uh, record is 21, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then uh, the American League Central, we have the White Sox at 33 and 21, Cleveland 29 and 24, 
Kansas City, 26 and 26. Minnesota, 22 and 31. And Detroit, 22 and 32. In the West, we have uh, Robert's struggling A's at 31 and 25. Houston at 29 and 24. So they're just half a game behind them. Yes. Seattle's hanging in there, 28, 27. They're only uh, two and a half out. Yes, they're playing really well right now. Okay. Uh, Rick and Rick and uh, Bill's Angels at 24 and 30. <laughs> and Texas, 22 and 33. We're out of the basement. We're coming. That's, <laughs> here we go. National League East, we have the Mets, who are still not healthy yet, but they're getting there. 26 and 20. They had two or three guys come back on the roster last night, I guess. 26 uh, yep. and 20. And uh, they're leading the Braves, who are 25 and 26. So they even uh, undermanned, they're leading by three and a half games. Philadelphia, 25 and 29. Miami, 24 and 28. And Washington, 21 and 29. I don't understand the Nationals. I thought they'd be better than this this year. Yeah. In the Central, the Cubs are in first place. They're 30 and 23. St. Louis, 30 and 24. Milwaukee, 29 and 25. And these, these are the three contenders because then you drop to Cincinnati, 24 and 28. Pittsburgh, 20 and 20, uh, 33. And then in the West, the Giants have rallied again and they're in first place. It's uh, 34 and 20. San Diego, 34 and 21. Dodgers, 32 and 22. You may see those uh, three teams come out. They've, yeah. they've, they're in yeah. pretty good shape. It's possible. I mean, it's early, but you know, they may be the wild card game, maybe two California teams meeting. It could uh, be. Colorado at 20 and 34, and Arizona, not to be outdone. Uh, Arizona has also lost 14 in a row. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, they, they broke, broke no, they won, they broke they won one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did they win once? Okay. Yeah, on Sunday. Good Sunday, for yeah. them. Okay. The schedule tonight at 6:10. We uh, it's already underway. Chicago at Cleveland. White Sox at Cleveland. Uh, and then uh, 6:07:05 uh, Minnesota at Baltimore. Tampa Bay at the Yankees. 7:07 Miami at Toronto in Buffalo. So they finally get to go somewhere where there's going to be a little bit of crowd noise. I assume there. Any idea how many people are going to be able to go to that game? I, if anybody heard, I, I haven't heard anything. No. I, you know, if it's anything like New York City, they can have the uh, the vaccinated sections. They could have quite a you well, know, the better state, crowd. The whole state is the whole. It's it's a statewide deal. Yeah. Okay, so if that's the case, then uh, they'll have a, a reasonable yeah, crowd. Yeah, because he, he allowed. I think uh, Cuomo allowed for up to 100 percent in certain. Right. For so the they it, well, I know that the Islanders, for example, are going to have twelve thousand or thirteen nine hundred or so, just because of the vaccinated rule that they. Yeah, because yeah. vaccinated and but the vaccinated sections are one hundred percent, and they have right. some unvaccinated sections. Right. right. So anyway, it's Miami at Toronto. Then we have uh, in Buffalo, as I said, seven ten. We have Philadelphia at at Cincinnati, seven twenty Washington and Atlanta, seven forty Detroit at uh, Milwaukee, eight oh five San Diego at the Cubs. 810 Red Sox are at Houston. Pittsburgh's at Kansas City. 840 we have Texas at Colorado. 940 the Mets are at Arizona. 945 the Angels are at San Francisco. And 1010 St. Louis is at the Dodgers. And also Oakland is at Seattle. So there, yep. there you and, go for. And baseball. the, uh, by the way, the, I missed the White Sox Cleveland game is a Fox Sports 1 game going on right now. And the Angels San Francisco is MLB Network. Those of you want to watch it at 10 p.m. Eastern. Okay. You win the- so for the baseball teams, the uh, immunity to lift restrictions is, a, you know, I guess they, at the last I knew, they had 16 teams who had met the uh, criterion of 85%. And we're, we were also wondering, and we can talk a little bit more about individuals who are traveling. We 
did it a little bit earlier, but we can amplify. Um, we were wondering if it had to do with herd immunity because when uh, Joe uh, and uh, uh, I think it was Joe and Sean McDonough and uh, Will Fleming were talking about the other night, he was saying, Joe was saying something about they could travel. It seemed like it was somewhat tied to her, the immunity of the team. But I think they would like to travel on the team plane and all that other stuff, but they can't do that even though they're vaccinated until the, the team is able to you know have uh, more interaction with people. So I don't really know what's going on with that, but that's still the, supposedly the AAA is uh, mess, messing it up uh, for the Red Sox. But I guess uh, some of the some of the teams are starting to travel. The White Sox are traveling. Uh, the Reds have traveled. Philadelphia have gone to a few cities uh, in the major leagues. Uh, so sometimes it depends on the distance that they have to travel to. So it depends. So we'll, we'll see. That'll be improving as we go along. Uh, you know, but it was kind of, you know, you could just tell yesterday. I mean, uh, it was a decent crowd in Houston yesterday. Not as many as they that uh, they expected, uh, at least as, as far as the Red Sox were concerned, with the Red Sox coming in and holiday. But it just wasn't as loud. They, you know, you can't mic it right. It's there, but you can't hear it as well as you could if you were there. So yeah. um, Mickey Callow uh, is ineligible through 2022. He's the guy that had the issue with uh, sexual harassment and so forth when he was with the uh, uh, where was he the, with the Angels, I guess. And, uh, well, he was hired by the Angels, but he had the issues when he was in Cleveland and uh, managing the Mets. Right, right. And then we have, uh, speaking of things of that sort, well, first of all, it has not been a good week for Mar- Marcelo Zuna. First of all, he got hurt here at Fenway Park, uh, broke a few fingers on the bases uh, on uh, Tuesday night. So he was already on the injured list. But then he got involved with domestic violence with his wife. Uh, he uh, apparently tried to strangle her. And I guess the police were witnesses to it. So uh, he's going to be out for a long time. And what we were speculating is it might be that he won't be even able to uh, appeal a suspension or even be talked about coming back until until his uh, injured list uh, time is is over, right? And, and there have been players. There have been players, Chris, with a lot more. I mean, you hate to use the word, but they're you know flimsy cases than this one that have probably right. gotten around thirty games. Right. Yeah. So and and so and he's broken fingers, so he's not going to be back real soon to even start talking about it. Yeah. And of course, they'll talk about anger management and counseling and all that. And, and I guess he was also slamming her against the wall as well. Yeah, and from and, what and, I've and read, with the cast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's from right. what I've from what I've read, it, that's been that kind of relationship because she got arrested last year for the same thing, doing it to him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they and they have three kids. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, then we have uh, Cardinals pitcher Miles Michaelis out for to or Michaelis, I guess it's pronounced, is it? Yeah, out, Michaelis. I about believe. four to six weeks with a shoulder injury, and then the Cubs, uh, David Bodie, who won the game on Friday with a home run, separated his shoulder over the weekend, so he was sliding into second base, so that he's out. And then uh, we and had. I think he's uh, going to be out for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see how it takes a while to come back from that. Now, we had an interesting statistical thing happen on Sunday or Saturday. Josh Donaldson of the A's scored the two millionth run in baseball, and uh, he did that on Saturday. And then Bob Watson had scored the one millionth run in uh, about the time of year in 1975. So it took four, 74 years to get the first million run, and it only took 47 years to get the second million. Actually, Chris, uh, I read an article. They started keeping statistics in 18. 18- 76. 
So it went from 1876 to 1975. I actually find that hard to believe. Nine years and then 46 well, years. Yeah, I well, find that, that hard that, to believe because you'd well, have to, if I sat down here and figured out how many runs per year, that'd be pretty low for that long. Well, I remember that was I know the modern the, records are only from 1901. I know, but uh, it, that was in the Sunday Globe, Chris. So, you know, that's well, where I found it. So. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I remember you got a lot more teams now. So more, yeah, more that's, teams. that's part of it. That's yeah. part of it. But, I mean, that was what I was comparing. You know, yeah. I, I really... It's hard to believe that it took that that long. And you had the '90s. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, steroids. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, and then um, who was the pitcher? Uh, uh, there were you had an emergency appendectomy on the Cub too. Uh, Trevor Williams. Uh, Trevor Williams. And so. so Cole Stewart comes up from Iowa yesterday and got uh, a win. Well, when you're going first place, those things happen. <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay. So I guess we can. Any more baseball notes we have? Nope. I don't okay. think so. So we can move on to the NBA. And the East has been not very interesting, and the West has been very interesting. So we'll put it that way. Well, the, the East might get more interesting due to uh, Joel Embiid getting hurt uh, in last night's game. Chris. Oh, that I didn't hear. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to MRI, MRI today. Uh, yeah, and the MRI came back, and all, all the 76ers would say if he's very doubtful for game five. Yeah, well, he has been very healthy this year, and that's unusual for him because he's usually battling injuries. Yeah. But in the East right now, <coughs> Philadelphia leads Washington three games to one. The Wizards did win last night, so they got on the board in that series, and uh, they're going to be playing. Uh, we'll give you the schedule in a minute, but right. uh, but that's still I, – I don't know if it's going to affect them in this series. They should be able to get by that, but could be more difficult uh, down the line. Atlanta is leading the Knicks three games to one, and that's a little surprising. I'm, I didn't think uh, – that the Knicks would do better than they have. Uh, Brooklyn is leading the Celtics three games to one. The Celtics haven't embarrassed themselves. I mean, you knew they weren't going to necessarily win this series. You figured they wouldn't, but they did. Uh, they played lousy on. Uh, they played a decent game on the first game. Second game was pretty lousy. They were terrible. They didn't really do much. Well, third no game, Walker and no Williams and <laughs> yeah, I know. Third game they, they already won. had no Brown, so it's, yeah. You know, it's, third, <laughs> third game they won, and that was good. And, uh, and then the fourth game with all the fans there, they lost by fifteen, but they played as well as they could without uh, Williams and Walker. And, and, and uh, Jalen Brown. So, you know, and the crowd was really happy to, you know, to just be there. You know, you and uh, uh, Thibodeau for the Knicks has said one of the reasons why the Knicks are doing uh, how they're doing right now, he says, I have a lot of NBA players on this team that has never been in the playoffs true. before. Yeah, true. And he, he said that's that's what I'm running into here. Yeah, Randolph's Hawkins. been off, and he he's, he oh, you know, ran that team this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah and um, you know, and, and the Hawks have been in the playoffs pretty much every most years. You know, so yeah. they're kind of yeah. used to it. Uh, Milwaukee already beat Miami four games to none. So there's a uh, you know, Miami just didn't uh, carry that it over. Was payback from yeah. uh, Milwaukee yeah. paid them back. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I thought they were going to give them a tough time, and they did the first game. They went to overtime, but uh, after that, the uh, Bucks blew them out. So mm-hmm. that's it for the West. So they're waiting the the uh, winner of the, um, um, let's see, which one? They're, they're six. They're waiting they're, for Brooklyn, Boston. Brooklyn, and, Brooklyn. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. The, yeah. Brooklyn, they, Boston. They're, they're three. Yeah. The Celtics and, yes, Brooklyn. In the West, Utah and Memphis are, uh, Utah's up three games to one. They've kind of got their act together. Like yep. they, but the rest of the series are tied. Dallas and the Clippers are 2-2, Phoenix and the Lakers are 2-2, and Portland and Denver are 2-2. So we should have some good series in the next uh, four or five days in the West. That's so right. the schedule, next schedule of games, Tuesday
Tuesday night. The first game is the Celtics at Brooklyn, and that is at 7.30 tonight. Uh, and that, of course, Brooklyn can end the series with a victory. 9 o'clock, Portland at Denver. And 10 o'clock, it is the Lakers at Phoenix in the pivotal pivotal game five when they're tied to two. In, uh, on Wednesday, we will have at 7 o'clock, Washington and Philadelphia. The uh, 76ers can end that series. And then 7.30, Atlanta and the Knicks. And uh, that's in New York, so Atlanta will have to win there if they are to win the series on Wednesday. 9.30, we have Memphis at Utah. And that's three to one near Utah, as we said. And Dallas at the Clippers uh, is uh, that's at ten o'clock on Wednesday. So there you go. That's uh, what's going on in the NBA. As far as NBA notes, uh, we have Jamal. Go ahead and start unmuting. We'll get to you in just a second. The NBA, uh, the Lakers extended their lease at the Staples Center. Uh, they uh, until two thousand forty-one, and they have been. They want to get some upgrades, and it opened in uh, nineteen ninety-nine. So it's due for a facelift. Yeah, and they'll have more room, especially when the Clippers when they have the new place over with before with yeah the, before. the Clippers are trying to build their their uh, their own brand new arena so well, they're not they, already, they're not trying they are building it. are oh, they, they going okay. are they going to call it the clip joint I, <laughs> I don't know, but because that's what they're no tearing down the forum because yeah. remember he bought forum. That's right. They're tearing yeah. it down to build it. Yeah. Okay, so. that was the like. This is an amazing statistic, and I hadn't realized this. This was their first playoff game at home this year since 2013. Obviously, they were won the championship at the bubble, but apparently they were out. I guess six years in a row. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's that correct. Took them that long. Okay, uh, and then Anthony Davis got 30 points and 10 rebounds in in two games in a row. Uh, 34 and 10, and then. Uh, 34 and 11, and he was the third. Uh, three other Lakers have ever done that uh, in games, and that's pretty amazing feat. Elgin Baylor, uh, Kareem Jabbar, and mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, and um, and Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum was the fifth Celtic to get 50 point, uh, have a 50 point game. I know that Sam Jones and Bob Cousy were two of them. I don't remember who the other two were, but I don't think it was Bird. I don't think he did, even with that big uh, battle he had with uh, with. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dominic Wilson. Dominic Wilson, Dominic Wilson yeah. that day. Uh, you know, and let's see what else we got. Um, Anthony Davis is day to day now yeah. with a uh, strained uh, groin, groin so yeah. that could. And now, like Robert, uh, you know, David is jumping ship, and he's saying, "Forget the Lakers <laughs> for this year." I, I loved it when he left that message. I, I I almost sent him a message going, "Are you trying to take a page out of my book?" <laughs> you know. Okay, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, Phoenix is doing pretty well against the Lakers. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, and Trevor, uh, let's see. Oh, that's that's the cover. I think that's all for the uh, basketball stuff that I had. I think so. Yeah. So if Jamal wants then to let's bring up Jamal. He may. Yeah. Hello. How are you all doing? Hey, Jamal. Hey, Jamal. We're doing good. I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, about the White Sox. And they're playing very well, and I'm happy about that. Unfortunately, they put the doubleheader in Cleveland. Hopefully, they can just keep beating Cleveland, putting distance between them. And also, when you all were talking about Joey Votto earlier yep. working in the booth, and you were talking, and you were talking about players who used to be broadcasted. Well, it kind of brought, brought to mind a few players who used to be broadcasted who were very good. Ralph Kiner, right? And then, of course, you had the guy for the Tigers, uh, George Cal. Yep. And then you had, and then you had. Uh, Don Drysdale. Yep. I mean, Ed Farmer was a pretty decent broadcaster with the White Sox. So I'm talking about guys who are very good as players as well. As, uh, and of course, I know you'd include, you just, it's an oversight on your part, uh, Hawk. You, you've just forgot, well, huh? Well, I mean, Hawk was, <laughs> Hawk wasn't, like, Hawk was a decent player. Of course, he got hurt, but he was a, I would say, a solid broadcaster. Yes. Okay. 
All right. But I mean, but I mean, but maybe Bato and that's for Bato. Well, I remember Jamal. Jamal he was at his ba- Jamal. He was at his bath though when they had Hawk and Wimpy. Yeah, and remember, he's also getting the Ford C. Frick Award this year in the Hall of Fame. So I, I know, I know, and uh, I've mentioned my opinion about Hawk. Yes, you have. That's why yeah. I mentioned. Yeah. Decent broadcaster. Don't get me started about his okay. baseball knowledge. His general manager. I'll say that for. <laughs> Friday yeah. night. I can't, I can't sanitize that. Right. No. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, the, you know, another thing that happened, and it only happened a couple, three times, Kari Stremski did some color with Ned Martin when Ned Martin was working by himself in 72 there for a while uh, before they made the mistake of bringing in Dave Martin to work with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yaz was, uh, came in. He was injured. And so he just came up in the booth and worked with uh, worked with Ned on a couple of games. Just uh, He didn't do any play-by-play. He just did uh, color. That was kind of cool. He was into it. So that and, was then course, had, and then, of course, you have Euchre. Yeah, he's been a broadcaster for a long time. Phil Rizzuto was very good too. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about Phil Rizzuto. I don't know how I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, but, he, he used to write in a scoreboard, a scorecard. WW wasn't, wasn't watching. watching. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and you, and you know what? He didn't do play by play, but I thought uh, for the Cubs, Lou Boudreaux was good. He did play by play. He did. Was, not, um, mu- not, yeah. mu- not much. No. He didn't. Well, no, maybe no, later, but in the sixties, in the in the 60s, he did three well, innings now, a game. In the, with, I will give you that, Chris. In the sixties, he may have, but I wasn't around to hear that. <laughs> oh, yeah, as I always say to you guys that when you're older, you get to say this. Just because you weren't around doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's right. <laughs> I, I will give you that, but I wasn't around he did, to no, hear. He and Vince Floyd were were a very good team, and he did three innings a game. So, and, and of go. course, you had Duke Snyder, and you also had Duke Snyder for the Echoes for many years, and then you yep. had. Uh, Book Robinson, who works in, in the color commentary. Yep. And, of course, Don, Don Sutton. Don, don't forget about Don Sutton. Don Sutton, too. Yeah. And Don Joe Simpson. Simpson now. Still. Joe, so, Joe maybe Simpson. Vato, so maybe Joey Vato could join that month when he retires. Sure. You know, the stories yeah, with Duke Snyder, there were people in Montreal that were trying to improve their English because they knew there were more English. They would tune to Duke Snyder to learn to help practice their English. And, you know, maybe not great, but Joe Simpson with the Braves is, is pretty good. Yeah, he is. He is. And, um, you know, uh, we were talking about Tim McC- – you know, we, we didn't really bring up his name, but when we talk about people who didn't do press conferences uh, back in the old days, Steve Carlton, yeah. and one of the things that would happen that helped him out was K- Tim McCarver was his personal, personal catcher, and he'd go out and field all the questions for, you know, about the game because he had just caught it. And so that prepared him for the broadcasting he did, of course. That's right. And, yeah. and remember, he – now remember, he did play-by-play with – the Mets on yes, TV. He did. Yes, yes, he did. He did on Channel Yes, he did. He did. Kiner did yeah. and McCarver did. Yep, on WOR. Yep. yep. That's right. Okay. Well, well, Robert, are you ready for the hockey? Oh, why not? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. So. And uh, I'm I'm highly disappointed that I got this one wrong. I really wanted I really wanted this one to be right. So. Well, Robert, I'm jumping to your defense because okay. I think I think if you check the tapes from last week, <laughs> what you actually said was we were talking about Winnipeg and Edmonton. Right. And what you actually said was if Toronto beats Montreal, Winnipeg. Winnipeg is not going to beat Toronto. No. You didn't say yeah. Toronto would beat Montreal. Yeah, I said yeah. yeah. So. But anyway, well, I think you kind of, yeah, okay. But like I told, told Rick, yeah. it's better radio to say that he did, but we don't, yeah, really, right. we don't really <laughs> okay. worry about these things. Okay, so we uh, have the, have the uh, where we stand with the playoffs here. And uh, let's see. 
Uh, this is okay. That's here we go. Okay, the Islanders beat Pittsburgh. We were, they were tied, I think, two two at that time. Uh, no, it was three two yep. Islanders, and they beat the uh, Penguins in the sixth game. So they won that series four games to two in the East. And then uh, the uh, Celtic the Bruins uh, won on Saturday night, and the Islanders won last night in overtime. So they're tied one game apiece. Series shifting to uh, Long Island on Thursday. And that series is going to go the distance. So. I think it will. I, yep. I said Bruins is six, so I'm not backing down. They can still right. do that, but it's going to be right. it's going to be a tough series. That's yeah. for sure, and I think the replacing of the goalie with uh, uh, Barlamov there, I think that uh, that helped the Islanders a lot. Yes, and uh, but the Bruins, you know, dominated at certain times, and the Islanders did too. It was a very even game last night. It was just one of those things of, of you know bad pass and uh, off they well, went. Well, those, those two those two teams are very well put together, so you know. Yeah. Okay, so then we have Montreal over Toronto, four games to three. And when we were here, I think it was uh, two two games to one, uh, uh, you know. But they had a three one lead. And let me see if I can find since we're talking about it the number, the games that they uh, lost uh, to when they could have clinched. I think they've lost eight in a row. Now. Eight in a row, yeah. Yeah, let's see. They haven't won a series since '04, yeah. and then they lost Game Seven to the Bruins, and that's probably the worst one of all because they were like four three goals up, three goals up at the goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah so wasn't, game, it four, wasn't it four to one with like. Quarter one was ten minutes to go in yeah. thirteen. So that was game seven. Then they lost game seven and eighteen to the Bruins. Then they lost game in game six and seven to the Bruins in nineteen. Then they lost uh, in twenty. They lost game uh, five to Columbus. It was a three, you know, the first round. So that was the. Uh, uh, first round, they had the best of five there, the right. five through 12 teams. And they were the eight, nine teams, I think, and Columbus beat them. And then in 21, they lost uh, three games here. Yep. So, yeah, eight in a row for not mm-hmm. being able to clinch. And I guess you were saying, Robert, that you think it was uh, really Carey Price, but they were saying uh, on the Toronto Post game that I heard a couple minutes between periods of the Bruins there before they got started again, they were kind of saying that, yeah, there's that, but they said that the big guns on the Maple Leafs just didn't step up either. Yeah. Or didn't well, do anything. no, uh, uh, that you 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 bring up a good point, Chris, about you know Austin Matthews and others didn't do do their part. But remember, John Tavares got hurt very early in that series and uh, was knocked out of the series, um, and uh, that probably hurt Toronto a great deal. But I think Toronto is suffering from the same disease the Pittsburgh Penguins have. They Tor- both Toronto and Pittsburgh put their money. All in, you know, all on defense, all on forward, but neither one of them put any serious money in goaltending. And I think that's why they're both going to be sitting at home now. Uh, in hockey, if you have an experienced goaltender or a hot goaltender, that's what's going to get you uh, through the playoffs. Right. And that, that's why I said, because I listened to last night's game, and Carey Price was definitely the reason why Montreal won that game last night. And it will not be that way with Winnipeg because <laughs> Winnipeg is uh, very well put together, and they do have a goaltender, and uh, I think that'll be a very even series also. So, mm-hmm. uh, my, you okay. know. So. Well, and, and, you know, but the thing is, I, you know, you say this every year with Toronto, you know, because we've had really disappointments the last four years. I mean, yeah. you know, last year was kind of a fluke because everybody was kind of coming at it at a different time. But you look at it, 18 and 19, yeah, the seventh games were here, but you knew that uh, Toronto has to say, well, you know, we lost that game in 13. We've got to get one of these in 18 and 19 against the Bruins. And then you lose the three against Montreal, your other arch rival. I mean, Bruins yeah. are a big rival, there, but Montreal's their arch rival. And, yeah. you know, I mean, what, kids have to roll up. There, I don't know what who's head or what, but they've got. Uh, well, I fir- I firmly believe that. Um, I don't know if I because they just hired a new coach and they have a newer newer GM. I I, I honestly think that this is team oriented. Uh, you're going to see players 
um, you know, be shipped out of Toronto. Yeah, maybe but they'll what, have to trade a big player for a goalie. Yeah, but you know? then what, their major weakness, you know, uh, in my opinion, is goaltending. So, right. You know. Okay, so anyway, we just said Montreal beat Toronto four games to three. And Montreal does that. But they beat the Bruins at 71. They beat the Bruins in 04. The Bruins, I think, had 20 more points in the regular season than the Montreal. So they do this all the time. Yes. This is not unusual for Montreal to come back and win a series like this. No. And, so uh, and then in the Central, we have Tampa Bay beat Florida uh, four games to two. And Carolina beat Nashville four games to two. So, <laughs> so And right now, Tampa Bay is ahead of Carolina. Carolina, one game to none. And they and, play tonight at 7.30. Right, we'll get to that. And then in okay. the West, we have Vegas Golden Knights beat Minnesota four games to three, blew them out in seventh game, uh, six to two. And then, uh, and of course, Colorado had swept the Blues, and Colorado leads that series one game to none. So the schedule tonight at, six, at 7.30, game two at Tampa Bay at Carolina. And then on Wednesday at 7.30, we have Montreal at, at Winnipeg. So that'll be an early start for them, 6.30 in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, Vegas Golden Knights at Colorado for Game two with Colorado leading one nothing, and on Thursday night with the series tied at one apiece, we have the Bruins going to the Islanders. So that's and our believe me, Las Vegas had better show up because Game one, it wasn't even close. It was seven to one. So. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, that was that, that was surprising. So I mean, and now we know which division is going to play which division yeah, in the next. We round. do, and all yeah. those yeah. people who think that at conferences, they'll say, "See, the Bruins are going to play Tampa Bay or Carolina." I told you, yeah, no, you it's know not that way. It's because the Bruins is now the or Islanders. Whoever wins that series. Will be the third seed because they have better records than both uh, Montreal and Winnipeg. So uh, they will play the uh, winner of the Carolina Tampa Bay series, even though it's mm-hmm. not conferences. And then Colorado will play the Canadian winner. So right or, or Colorado Vegas. or Las Vegas, or Vegas. Vegas will play the Canadian winner. So we have Wayne Gretzky going to the broadcast booth. Speaking of broadcasters, I think he'll do a good job. I've heard him on interviews; he's pretty good. Oh you know? no, right. uh, Wayne! Wayne's going to do a good, good job. I have no worries. You know. Yeah, he's going to do it for three million a year with TNT. He is sixty years old. Yep. And I guess Charles Barkley, Barkley recruited him. And, okay. Uh, so they're going to fly him into Atlanta, or is he gonna, they're going to zoom him in from Edmonton, I wonder. Well, I, well no, I think he'll. I think he'll be doing games. I think he'll be. I would think for name recognition, he might. I don't know who they've got. Who else they've hired? He's going to be studio. Is he going to do studio, or is he going to do yeah, games? He's going to do studio. Huh? I believe he's going to do the studio, Chris. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, he, can, he by then we'll all be everything will be you know off, so he can yeah. go to Atlanta yeah. and whatever. He's making three million a year. Come and on, and remember, up. he lives in L.A. Uh, you know, oh, he does live in L.A. That's right. Yeah. He does live in L.A. But he was the vice chairman of the uh, Oilers. Whether that was a ceremonial job or what, I don't know. But he's, I don't not, know. he's resigned that to go yeah. and do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see if there's anything else for hockey. I don't think there is. So I think we can move on to the NFL. Oh, David uh, Back has officially announced. His retirement, uh, uh, Chris. Uh, oh. They had a ceremony for him today in St. Louis. Okay, they so. don't have one here. No, um, I know <laughs> he wasn't that good here. He was. No, uh, everybody had high hopes, but it never really worked out. But he, yeah, he was a very popular blues player. So yeah. they they had a ceremony for him in St. Louis. Okay, so we go to the NFL, and the only uh, thing that I have is Adam Vinatieri retired this year. Yeah. He's been out since yeah. the end of 2019 because of uh, knee surgery, and uh, he was with the Patriots from '96 through '05, and the Colts from '06 through '19. So he's, he's the all-time scoring leader with 2,673 points and uh, seventh uh, 
seventh kicker to get uh, 500 for two for you know 500 or more for two teams, and the only kicker to get a thousand for two te- for each of his two teams. Mm-hmm. And I guess he won three uh, Super Bowls here and one with the Colts. Right, that's correct. So uh, that's it. And he's one, of the, one of those that he won, Chris. We wish he wouldn't have won. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends on who you are. And yeah. he still made that. You you can talk about all the 64 yard field goals you want in Denver, but the kick in the sorry Robert in the uh, Tuck game was yeah. still the best kick I've ever seen in. No, I t- hey Rick, I-, I lost that game, but I totally agree with you. Yeah. I-, I hate it when uh, like uh, I forget who the kicker was that broke the all-time record, but he did it in Denver. Yeah, I mean, Matt Prater. I, you, Prater you, yeah, yeah. You really, you really can't count those kicks in Denver because they have an advantage over everybody else. Yeah, well, they, they they may, but you do count them. I, oh, I yeah, know. Do. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Well, you know, how about how about all the home runs people hitting uh, for the Rockies? And stuff? Oh, I know. know. The, a, the A's are going to go get well there this weekend. So, <laughs> couple of um, so now the, well, so now the A's are going to lose this weekend. <laughs> okay, that yeah, that will right. take care of the. I don't think so. Not against Colorado, but anyway. Anyway, go ahead, Rick. So no, just some minor items. Um, um the tight end Ricky Seal Jones. Uh, signed with the Washington football team. Um, Jeff Wilson, the running back who was backing up Molston in, in uh, San Francisco last year, had a pretty good year. He blew out his meniscus, and he's got having surgery, and he's out for four to six months. Ooh. And today, today uh, Rex Burkett signed with the Houston Texans. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the more old running backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, well, I don't know what Houston's going to do. And there's nothing new on Julio Jones. There's no. all kinds of there's all no. kinds of rumors, but nothing has. Well, today's June first. Now, aren't there things that can now happen? Uh, yeah, because it's June first. Yeah, uh, that's a yes. You know, they're starting yeah. today, and that, that, the latest I heard is may, maybe Tennessee or Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And nothing new on Aaron Rodgers either. It's still no. sort of no. He'll be holding. I think he'll. I, my prediction is he'll come back with about a week or two left in camp. Yeah, but a lot of the players, you know, they talk. Remember, they talked about the setting up the volunteer workouts and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Majority of players have been showing up. Yeah, I think that you know, first of all, that was a month or two ago, and of course, things have improved a lot. So I think that's part of it. Well, that really also was not getting anywhere with the public. I mean, the public was like, "What's the matter with you people?" You know, people going back to work. What what are you trying to tell everybody? And uh, so, anyway, I think that's it for the NFL. So I think we can go to the poll question. Unless anybody else has something else on something we haven't covered. Um, I've got the boxing. I've got the boxing. Robert. Um, well, we had a historical thing happen on. Saturday night, uh, Nonito Donaire, who's 38 years old, he's known as the Filipino Flash. He's won t- uh, uh, titles in four different weight classes: 20, 118, which is bantam weight, 122, 126, and 130. Well, uh, three years ago, in 20, uh, yeah, in 2018, uh, after he won his title at 130. Um, because of uh, some losses that he had suffered, he decided, well, I'm going to go back to my original weight class because otherwise I'm going to have to retire. I, you know, I can't go up any further. So he dropped back down to 118 and, of course, has been winning five. He's uh, won every fight but one since then. Uh, and the one he lost is to the best uh, abandoned weight in the world. Uh, his name is Anyway. They call him the monster. He's from Japan. They had the fight of the year in 2019 in Japan. And uh, 
Uh, matter of fact, uh, Nonito Donaire broke the Japanese fighter's orbital bone in the third round of that fight, and he continued to fight, and he ended up uh, eventually knocking out Donaire and, and and won the fight with a broken or, or, orbital bone. And uh, uh, so Donaire, uh, you know, after that loss, he recovered and and. Uh, uh, and uh, won some more fights and got himself eligible for a title fight that happened this weekend. And he knocked out his opponent and became the oldest person to ever win a title in that weight class. Okay. And uh, now he set himself up for a rematch with a Japanese fighter for uh, for uh, uh, a unification and, pi- and possibly setting up later on uh, – something with an undisputed uh, champion. So we'll see what happens. Okay. And tonight's the second half of that Mike Tyson special on yes, ABC, it is. Know, which was pretty good last week. Yeah, yeah, the, first, the first, part, first part of that was very good. I, yeah. I, I, I've got some my of, Some of us will check. never see it, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, ABC. I know. You still don't have ABC. We do not have yeah. ABC, wow. so some of us will never see it. Uh, he will, he will never like get ABC months? back. <laughs> and that means you yeah. don't have ESPN either? We no. do have ESPN, yes. It'll probably pop up on some replays on ESPN. Yeah. And I know yeah. it'll be on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Right. After tonight, both parts will be on Hulu. Now, last week, I had forgotten about that Barbara Walters interview where she yeah. oh, I, I did mean, too, right John. there. She just threw him under the bus, Robin Gibbons did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah, I remember that. And okay. Stop the Buster Douglas continues the Buster Douglas tonight. Yep. All right. So I think we're ready for the poll question. All right. And if you want to call in, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923. Enter code 287-723-4600. Hit pound key twice. Poll question is, some of your favorite role players, some of your favorite guys that, I mean, you just knew, it's like, hey, these are the guys, the difference makers, not necessarily the Hall of Famers, but difference makers. And they don't have to be for your team. They can be for any team. So we're going to start off with Chris. Okay. Um, yeah, I think a lot about the Celtics because, of course, they were so good, and they, they did have players that, you know, did a lot that people didn't know. Nobody talks about the Jones boys anymore. But, you know, Sam and Casey. Sam was the offensive guy. Like I told you, he got 50 points in a playoff game against the Knicks in 67 that I remember. But he was always, you know, he was a great shooter. And, you know, you, you could count on him. You know, some of the other guys would get him the ball, and he'd, he'd score. He was a very good shooter. And um, KC on defense, you know, that was his thing. And uh, so the, the Jones boys, you know, when we uh, – Sharman and Cousy were um, the early years when I started to follow them. And then, of course, Cousy retired. Sharman went to the uh, American Basketball League. And, you know, what are we going to do for guards? Well, Sam and Casey were right there, and they certainly stepped in for that team. Uh, Steve Kaberski, in the years, he was a forward and uh, just a tough guy, rebounder. He'd score, you know, pretty good offensive player. And he was really, he was always in there. He was always hustling. You know, he was like the seventh or eighth man. But he came in there and uh, played some important minutes in the, the teams with uh, Havlicek and Cowens and Jojo White and all those guys. That was important for those teams. Uh, then you move up to the to the next uh, era. And you guys mentioned DJ. Well, DJ is, you know, pretty, he is a borderline Hall of Famer. But everybody kind of knows about DJ. But I think Cedric Maxwell is better than people remember. I mean, he if he'd been on another team, yeah. he would have been a star. But he was like the, the fourth or fifth guy because you had, you know, the big yeah. three and DJ. And he was the next guy. And Ainge was uh, right there with him. But back yeah. Well, he put, get on my back, boys, is what he told him in 84. And he was rebounding like crazy. You 
know, got the ball to everybody he needed to. You know, he was the physical presence. When somebody needed to be knocked down, he'd knock them down or go in the stands or do something. You know, he was always going to do something. He's a great broadcaster, but he's also a great player for the Celtics and somebody they wouldn't have won without. I don't know so much about the uh, the team of uh, 08, whether there was anybody uh, of that sort. But, uh, you know, then you go, the Patriots have so many people because offensive linemen, Dante Skarnecchia, they wouldn't have won. I mean, he, he's not a player, but they wouldn't have won without him. He was always getting their special teams and offensive line going, and he was the you know coach without portfolio. They just stuck him wherever, and he wasn't. He was there from before Belichick was there. You know, he just stayed, and he, he's kind of the unsung hero there. I think that people. What about Matthew Slater there, Chris? Every year they think that <laughs> they're going to replace him, but every year that's he's right. still there. That's right. You know? Well, part of that is Skarnecchia on special teams that got him got him that way. You know, that's yeah. part of it too. So yeah, and then uh, for the Bruins, the guy who nobody remembers a whole lot about, but was certainly a fan favorite here, and they didn't win a couple. I was here with Terry O'Reilly because he was always fighting and banging in there. He was a coach for the Bruins, of course, later on and stuff. And uh, the Red Sox, it's hard to say. You know, they've had a lot of stars and a lot of different people, but you know, they they they've had a lot of like utility guys that did well and and um, you know bench players that came in for, for short stretches and and did very well. So it's hard to say. But uh, I, well, I, Dave, Dave Roberts will never have to buy a drink. Dave Roberts is, is certainly one of them. But there's yep. so many that they've had. But uh, I can't think of anybody specific for the Red Sox. But those are the guys that pop in my mind for uh, our team, Rick. <laughs> Uh, for the Celtics, now this this guy was a pretty good pretty good ball player, but I just I liked him because he always hustled, and that's Dave Cowens. He oh yeah, got, he got more out of his ability than I mean, he was like six nine in an era where all the centers uh, centers were a lot taller, and he could handle the taller centers just by by effort and pushing them around. Yep. And one of my favorite stories of all time was when they were playing the Houston Rockets, and I think it was a player by the name of Jeff Ruland was yeah. a, yep. he had driven the basket a couple of times, and Billy got touched, and it fall, and it scream like you got fouled which happens all the time in the NBA now but it wasn't that prevalent back then so next after it happened two or three times the next time he came down the court and, and drove the lane Cowan just hit him with a clothesline and completely decked him and when he was lying on the floor we looked down at him and said now that's a foul <laughs> <laughs> so he was my one of my favorite Celtics um the Bruins back in the Back when they first won their, first, their cup in '70 and '72, um, I got a player by the name of Eddie Westfall. Oh yeah, he was he, you know he was their third wing, uh, third line right wing, and back then you really only had three lines, um, so they were the checking line, and he would you know he'd kill penalties, but he'd also he would shadow players like Hull and Howe and really shut them down, and he was he was really an un, uh, unsung hero. He went on for a lot of good years with the Islanders. Was he still there when they won their cup, the Islanders? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe he was doing yeah. color by that time on TV, but he was, he was with the Islanders a long time, too. They Somehow they lost him in the expansion draft. That wasn't a good thing to do. A um, couple of giant, a uh, receiver that I thought, you know, just always very steady and didn't get a, a huge a lot of uh, acclaim was um, Amani Tuma. Yep. I, you know, I think you could always depend on him. And another guy that just, he just, he talked about effort, was Mark Bavaro. He, oh, yeah. he, he would go full, and that, that's why I don't think he had a very long career, because he just went too hard all the time. He blew out his knees. Mm. And the Red Sox, like you say, the Red Sox are tough. If I had to pick one player just because he was steady and he could do so, he could pitch, he could start, he could do long relief, he could do closing, was Bob Stanley. He really True. ate up innings. You know? He did. Yeah. So, and back so, in the 60s, they would have been horrendous if Dick Raddatz hadn't been around. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one, one guy you can't forget because he, yeah. you know, he was a good guy too. I mean, he, he did a lot of talk shows later on and stuff. You know, died too young. He always had a weight problem and he was just a big guy, but he, he really was good at doing the talk shows and stuff. Somebody yeah. was going to come down. Who was going to, was it Kurt Schilling was going to take him on one time? No, 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 no. It was, was it? um, it was, uh, Dennis Eckersley. Eckersley was going to go fight him? Yeah. Well, Eckersley yeah. called up 
complaining about, I think, Petroselli or somebody. Some, uh, uh, Robinson said he didn't think Eckersley should have got the MVP because he only pitched one inning at a time. Okay. And that made Eckersley mad. He called up. And you could tell Eckersley was loaded when he called in. <laughs> <laughs> and Raddatz told him, come on down here, pal. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah. yeah Raddatz was twice as big as he was. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the monster. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's next? Barry. Barry. I think uh, you start with the. Doesn't have to be for your team. You start. I'll start with the Cubs. I mean, you have guys in the eighties, eighties and nineties. The Cubs had a lot of. Jose Hernandez was one. I mean, no, you never thought, wow, this guy's a Hall of Famer or anything, but he could always get a big hit, you know, when necessary. And that a guy in today's. Well, David Bodie, we talked about earlier. He yeah. doesn't hit for a 300 or 350 average. His average is usually pretty low, but he's not somebody that you want to see coming up at a, at a time where they need an RBI because he usually comes through in that spot. <clears throat> and it's guys like that, you know, that, that help your team. <clears throat> then you go into the college ranks. Back when Northern Iowa went to the Sweet 16, you know, you always knew who the big names were, <clears throat> but you had a guy, Lucas O'Rear. And uh, he didn't score a lot. I mean, he he could, but he didn't always score a lot. He was a great defender. He was one of those guys on, on a basketball team, you know, where you just um, you you didn't want to have to deal with him. But he was a great one, and uh, a lot of he, he, the, the fans loved him. Now it, it's interesting during the broadcast, the the color guy Kevin Boyle sometimes he would get so excited he wouldn't say Lucas O'Rear. He would call him Lucas Rear. So uh, he, he could have fun with that. Um, but, uh, and I, I want to give a shout out. Ole Miss baseball this year, I mean, you talk about um, players who, um, Tim Elko tore his ACL early in the season, and you would think the guy would have been done, but he's actually come back, and wow. he's a designated hitter. I mean, he, when he's running the bases, he can only usually go one base at a time. So, I mean, it's good when he hits a home run. But mm-hmm. it's guys like that, I think, that fit the, the – Think of that question. Yeah. Well, let's see. Baseball. I'm thinking Tony Perez, Cincinnati Reds. Just used to always come up with big hits. Always. He had a good year here when he was here in 82. He had a good good season for the Reds. Yeah, I would say Tony Perez. Of course, Pete Rose is not a Hall of Fame member, but he was also pretty clutch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Relief pitcher for the Reds. By the name of Clay Carroll. Do you remember Clay Carroll? Um, Mm -hmm. Those three, football, I don't know. You're either a superstar or you're not. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's some, the Colts have a running back when he's not injured, really does well. A guy by the name of Marlon Mack, if he stays Mm -hmm. on the field, um, he's going to be real Real good. He's one of those guys that always seems to get you runs. And I like the guy that plays for the Dolphins. Um, he was the, well, what's his name? Um, Magic. Fitz Magic. He always but seems Ryan, to. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Oh, yes. yeah. Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's, yeah. Harvard, now, he's, he's now in Washington. It's the it's brain power, Bill. So he's from Harvard. So yeah. So, do I mean, but he does. I mean, he really does. I mean, he he seems to. Yeah. Always come up with something. And those those are just some of mine. Pass it mm-hmm. on to Robert. Robert. Okay. Well, I've got a few here. Uh, uh, going with the 1980s uh, that uh, won the divisions and the World Series, uh, 
uh, I could definitely mention a few guys. Carney Lamsford. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Phillips. Dave Henderson. Yep. You know, uh, you know. Why did we get so, rid of these guys? I mean, I never, <laughs> Why can't yeah, we get players like that? Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, Dave Henderson and Carney Lansford uh, yeah. also did well for you guys. And well, yeah, I don't know how we wound up with both of them. But dumb we trade. So. Don't, we talked about it. Tony Armstrong, yeah. Carney Lansford. Yeah, that, I, know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, for the Raiders, um, I don't know. I don't know how this guy always gets overlooked. Rod Martin, the linebacker. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he he should have won the MVP of Super Bowl Fifteen because if you remember. He picked off Ron Jaworski not once, not twice, but three times. Mm. You know, <laughs> and he's the last person to do that in a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. and but yet they gave the MVP award to Jim Plunkett. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, which I got no problem with, but uh, that was the best game that Rod Martin ever played, and uh, he got he gets nothing to show. He got a mm-hmm. uh, he got a Super Bowl ring, but I I, I uh, honestly felt that he was one of the main reasons why the Eagles could never make a comeback in that game. Um, uh, other Raiders that, that possibly uh, you could overlook: uh, Clarence Davis. Uh, Mark Van Egan, they were both running backs. Whenever, whenever they had long drives, uh, Ken Stabler could always count on those guys to, to score. You know, uh, people like that. So, uh, those are a few of mine. Sean? Well, I think, of course, going in football along that, I think of a guy like Mike Renfro with the Oilers. You know, those years before they traded him to the Cowboys, he did some good, you know, as a receiver. I think of a guy who would come in for Warren Moon, some Oliver Luck. Oh, yeah. So he had father of Andrew Luck. Yep. And yep. the commissioner of the XFL. Yeah, right. Well, he, I don't know and, if he will be or not. And athletic director. He was for the three weeks that existed. He was there for two years. Yeah. For the Virginia. two years. For up and yeah. Getting but ready for those all, three weeks, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I look at Bruce Souter. That's one oh, yeah. you got to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Perry has some fond memories of Bruce Souter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and like I said, you have a lot in basketball. Some of these, and I, I came up with this, like I said, he, you know, not on my team, but he was on a rival team because, you know, my uncle living in Utah, that was big family rivalry at Burrs and Jazz. With, uh, but, you know, I think of Mark Eaton because, you know, Stockton and Malone, we'll talk about it more. What did they do without. I mean, him there, just, I mean, lead shot locker. Then I think of a guy like Brad Davis with the Mavericks, because I look at some of these are guys that I just go, uh, wow, okay, they, you know, they played against us. But Brad Davis with all those teams with Blackman and Harper and Aguirre and Tarpley and Perkins and all that. I mean, Brad Davis was, and he's in the broadcast booth now. He's a guy that I think of. And, of course, with my Spurs, I think of several. Avery Johnson got them to that first championship point guard. You think of him, you think of Sean Elliott, uh, Bruce Bowen, uh, and sorry, Rudy T. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he helped several teams get their own. Robert Ory, sorry, Rudy T. I know you want him to be there, but no. And then one other one I think of, in college, we thought he was going to be a superstar, but you know what? He's still hanging around the NFL, and he's going to go with the Arizona Cardinals now. And when he comes in, 12 years in the league, Colt McCoy, I mean, that guy will still mm-hmm. he'll get you a win when he has to to come in as a good backup. That, that's like a, you know, those are some of mine. So do we have any callers? We do. Jerry, go ahead and unmute yourself. Earth calling All Jerry. Right, Jerry. Come in, Jerry. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, there he is. Go ahead. I was getting ready for uh, – well, can we use players in the past? You can uh, use whoever you – Jerry, you can use whoever you want. Yeah. 
one, I, I, I think about who is a great contributor with the 76ers back, uh, Wally Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to like to hear, <laughs> I used to like to hear Dave Zinko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wally! Yeah. I was at a game once, and I was at a game when he put, said, Wally, by golly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he was good. He was, Bailey Howell committed a foul. He'd say that. It, that was a Howell foul. <laughs> uh, and let's see. Uh, how about, uh, well, maybe somebody, how about people like uh, Norm Van Brocklin and uh, sure. You know who I always thought was pretty cool on the Phillies, uh, and they didn't win any championships when he was there, was Tony Taylor. Oh, yeah, Tony Taylor. Tony Taylor was always, he'd hit 260, field his position, his second baseman, he's in there every day. He was a good, good guy on the Phillies, Tony Taylor. Okay, now I have something kind of irrelevant. Uh, do you know any of the flagship stations for, like, what's the flagship station for Winnipeg or Montreal? Um, okay, um, I don't know what happened to the Winnipeg station, but it used to They're be now on six. It's a 680, uh, some news and information station. It's not on 1290 anymore. They're doing comedy. They're okay. 680, but I don't know their call. It's the one for Montreal, 690. 690. But you, but you know what you can do, Jerry? What's going to happen is pretty much all these TSN stations are going to come cover the playoffs with one announcer or the other. Yeah. So if you find one, like I couldn't find the Winnipeg for a while, so I went to Calgary and I listened to the Winnipeg guy on Calgary. Oh, you know, yeah. That kind of thing. So, yeah. So you can so, do yeah. things like uh, that. Just check any of the TSN stations. AM 1050 in Toronto will have somebody on there all the time. You know, yep. that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, you'll you'll find the game. Uh, oh. Vancouver had, uh, Vancouver's uh, TSN 650 and, you know, you, you can move around. Yep. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Anybody else? Do we have anybody else? Oh, we do not. So okay, well, death time. All right, J.D. Roberts, eighty-seven, eighty-eight years old. He was a four. Uh, he was a guard on Oklahoma offensive and defensive guard. That's when they were two-way players for Oklahoma and All-American. Uh, he won the Outland Trophy in nineteen fifty-three. That was the start of their four-year winning streak. Not four games, four years. They won all the games uh, from a certain point in fifty-three to the middle of fifty-seven. That was pretty amazing. When Don't, Notre Dame beat him in like October, he was the eighth in the Heisman Trophy voting. They got into the Hall, College Hall of Fame in ninety-three. He was the, uh, the uh, let's see, he was picked in the, uh, uh, I'm not sure which round it was. It's the equivalent of a sixth-round pick by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so whatever it was would have been in 1954, there were only 12 teams. But he was cut in preseason. But then he went into became a lieutenant in the Marines. And then he became an assistant coach. And David didn't have dates on these uh, places where he coached football. He coached in Denver when they played football. The, you know, Denver, uh, the, known for hockey now. Then uh, Houston, Navy, and Auburn. And then he coached at Oklahoma. And then the uh, he was on the first staff of the New Orleans Saints. He was a linebacker coach and a scout from 67 through 69 and took over uh, for Tom uh, Fears, the first Saints coach, uh, in the middle of the 70 season. And uh, he uh, coached through uh, until the in the middle of the preseason in 73. He was fired uh, four games into the preseason. So that's okay. They still had, um, you know, two more games. That's back when you had six-game preseason. As I say, he took over on November 8th of 70 when Tom Dempsey kicked the uh, 63-yard field goal to beat the Lions. His coaching record was 7-25-3. and three. And uh, not much, for, but that same team was horrible. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, we mentioned that uh, Matt Prater broke that record on uh, December 8th of 2013 in Denver for 64 yards. And then they drafted Archie Manning, who says that he was a good friend and a good coach for him. And, uh, you know, uh, they were friends until he died. And he ran an oil and gas business in Oklahoma City after uh, he got out of football. Phil uh, Lombardi, 58 years old, 20 games for the Yankees in 86 as a backup catcher and outfielder, five for the Yankees in 87, uh, 18 for the Mets in 89. And uh, and then uh, he hit a 239 in the majors with three home runs and 22 R, uh, 22 hits and nine RBIs and and 600, uh, 744 minor league games between 81 and 89. He had 278, 694 hits, 60 home runs, 354 RBIs. And then uh, he retired. He went to the Braves, but he retired uh, on April 4th of 1990. He didn't play for them. And he uh, had died of complications from brain cancer. Our third on the list this evening is Eugene Marv, linebacker for Buffalo, uh, 82 through 87, Tampa Bay, 88 through 91, and the San Diego Chargers in 92. 126 starts of 156 game, games, three interceptions, eight fumble recoveries, and eight sacks, and died after a brief uh, hospital stay uh, in an undisclosed condition. We have Mark Eaton. Here's the big one for this week, 64 years old. Um, he went to Cypress College in uh, Northern Orange County. Uh, that's a junior college. And uh, apparently we heard a story in the uh, things that David USF sent down that somebody just saw him out there and, you know, just thought he was uh, looked like a big guy and could maybe play some basketball coordinated. I forget what he was doing for a job, but he, uh, they just asked him if he wanted to go to junior college and they recruited him. So he was there 70 through eight, 78 through 80, then UCLA 80 through 82. Drafted by Utah, and he was there from 82 through 93, seven foot four inches and 290 pounds. And uh, Shaq was saying on the inside, uh, you know, on the basketball show there, what do they call that, inside the NBA? Inside the NBA. Yeah, he was saying he's one of the, about the only guy that made him feel small, you know, to be that big. Oh, yeah, and he could just put those hands. He, all he, had, he just touched, he just touched it. He didn't have to jump. I mean, but he led the league in shot blocking. I mean, yeah. he was just. He, he was, was amazing. He, he was, was an all-star in 89 and a block leader in 84, 85, 87, 88. He had 53. Uh, his number 53 is retired by the Jazz. Uh, and then uh, that was done on March 1st, 96. He holds all-time uh, record for blocks with uh, 456 in a season, 5.56 a game in that year. And then uh, blocks in a career, 3.50 average, uh, 5,216 points. 6,939 uh, uh, rebounds, 840 assists, and 3,368 deals, and 3,064 blocks. Now, I will tell you something about blocks that I think, you know, Russell didn't maybe play quite as long, but I wouldn't be surprised if Russell doesn't have as many blocks as he should because what used to happen with the statistics, and they used to talk about this in the 50s and 60s, and I know Johnny Most and other people complain that the statistics were, were kept by the home scorekeepers or whatever, and they didn't uh, weren't always fair about it. So you didn't get as many assists on the road or blocks on the road or anything as you would nowadays. Uh, it, it became a lot more standardized in the, like, about 1970. So I, I, I'm not saying that Mark Eaton wasn't a good player, but Russell was the best 
best off, uh, defensive uh, center. Everybody agrees with that. And he had plenty of blocks. There were plenty of times Johnny Most would say, block by Russell, and then block by Russell, and then block by Russell. The other thing that he did, and maybe Eaton could do this too, he would block it if he could to a teammate and start a fast break that way. Or to himself. Yeah. Or to yeah. himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would do yeah. that and get it over to Malone or get it down to, like, where Stockton and Stockton would inbound it into Malone. Uh-huh. That's what says Stockton Malone, especially those early years, he was he was their guy. He would get it, and then Stockton would set it up for Malone, and that would just, and throw Bailey and those guys, and he would just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had 74 playoff games, 450 points, 557 rebounds, 52 assists, and 210 blocks, and 35 steals. And uh, he's in the Utah Sports Hall of Fame since 2010. Worked for uh, K. Uh, uh, JZZ TV and did jazz games and U- Utah University <laughs> games and died while riding his bike. It was very unexpected. He, again, he was only 64 years old, had a heart attack, heart attack, and then uh, the two-time Defensive Player of the Year in '85 and '89, and the president of the Retired Players Association. So I don't think he was a really good guy. They were really very sad. I forget, on that show. And I forget Chris, who I heard this, saw this, it was on Twitter. So we know if it's on Twitter, it's obviously true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Somebody said that. Um, they had just seen him within the last couple of days, and he looked really good. Yes. Yeah, they saw him a couple of days earlier, and it was just – Yeah, I, he I, was I, in, uh, it may, it doing may, something. I'm not positive, but it may have been Tim Brando, who was a sports well, they were Yeah, it was. It was Tim was Brando. Going on. Yeah, there was, they, they were talking about something that was going on, and, and I think uh, some of them just even from that crew had seen him in Chicago for something, and I can't remember what it was for, but he had just, had just been uh, – just that week had been someplace for something. So. And I'll say, if he, had, if he had played a few more years and he had been on that team, if he had made it to be on those teams when they played Chicago – I think, I mean, I don't know if they would have won, but it might have been a little different outcome. Well, with those kind of statistics, even if he just won one championship, it might have helped him uh, be closer to the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and the last guy we got is Connie Zelensic, 66 years old. His real name was, uh, first name, Conrad. One year for Buffalo, 77, 14 games. Uh, he was the center for the Bills. Uh, don't know why he only played the one year. Uh, he uh, won a recovered fumble, and uh, he was 66 years old. And then uh, he went to college at Purdue, and uh, he was a tech salesman. He was from uh, Crown Point, Indiana originally, and then uh, he went to Calumet City, Illinois. So that was really all we know. We don't know whether uh, why he only played the one year, but it sounds like he was a decent player and, you know, all that, but just played for the Bills uh, in the middle of the uh, the O.J. Simpson years. He was one of yeah. his offensive linemen, that's for sure. Anyway, that's it for the death wow. of the Wow, Bill, Bill, my gosh, it's good. we're going to be done way before 7 o'clock tonight. Wow. So, uh, Sean, wrap it up. All right. If anybody wants to download the podcast, you can go to legendoldies.com. You can also type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcaster. Tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine, and listen. And we'll be back next week with more playoffs. And, by the way, I know it was uneventful, but I'm sure we may have uh, – we've got the Belmont Stakes this weekend. We forgot to mention that, but we'll talk maybe about that. That's coming up. We'll we'll, we'll recap it briefly anyway. No triple crown. No one cares because there's no triple crown. (laughs) Oh, people care. They're going to bet on it. No, I don't. But anyway, they do care about coming back and seeing us next week. So if you really care, come back next week. (laughs) Make them feel guilty, Sean. (laughs) 